Hey guys, what's up? It's Savannah and welcome back to another episode of My Thoughts Exactly. Today's episode makes me uncomfy. As you guys can tell by the title of it, it is called When Breaking Their Heart is the Right Thing to Do. For today's episode, the way that we're going to talk about it is, and the reason that I decided to do this episode now is because recently I got a DM that essentially, you know, asked the same question that I get pretty frequently, which is when to know when to walk away from a relationship and when I knew was the right time. And I sat on that for a little bit and I thought about it because again, there's never, everyone's right time is going to be different. That's just the fact of the matter. But I think that if I can impart some of the lessons that I learned along the way from my experience, then that is okay with me when it comes to sharing my experience. So if I have to share my experience for a lesson to come out of it, I'm okay with doing that. I think the best thing to do would just be to go through some of the pinpoints of my previous relationship and tell you the telltale signs of when I should have walked away and what I learned from it. And if you haven't caught on by now, because I've kind of just been dancing around it, I am referring to my most previous serious relationship. Um, Again, this is the previous one. This is not the one I'm in now. I'm in a very happy relationship right now. This has nothing to do with that. Um, So just let's not get the timetables twisted up. So to preface all of this, I think it's really important to talk about the fact that I am not one of those people that is kind of like, you know, the trend is like, fuck men, like men are trash. Like I'm not one of those people. Cause I, I do agree that like there are a lot that are, and I've encountered a very high percentage of them too high if you're asking me, but that's just, that's different. But like, I'm just not that person. I'm not the person that if, you know, one of my friends calls me and they want to vent about their boyfriend, I'm not the one that's going to automatically say, you know, just break up with them. That's just not my style. And I don't think it's realistic. And I think that this is a journey that everyone needs to go on individually and you learn a lot from it. So by saying that, I think something to know about me is for me to have to get to the point of breaking up with someone, it takes a lot. I am typically not the one that breaks up with someone. I think in my entire life, I've done it maybe twice, definitely once, which is what we're talking about now, but potentially twice, depending on how you look at it. Um, But it just, it takes me a while. It takes me a lot. And I think that that's part of the reason I have a good sense of this topic and can give a good direction on it. At least I would like to think. And I also think it's very important to say that in the situation that I'm about to speak on, neither one of us were perfect. We were young and I don't hold any grudges against him. And if you've watched me for a while, you do know exactly who I'm talking about. And I never gave an explanation after this breakup happened. I literally just like addressed it once in like two sentences. And then I was like, okay, yeah, moving on. Um, Because I've always said I was never going to say a bad word about him. And in telling the story that I'm about to tell, I think that it's important to say that, you know, there are things that were done and things that happened that were not okay. Do I think that he's a bad person? No. Do I think that he fucked up. Yeah. Have I fucked up before? Yeah. In the ways that he has? No, but like in my own ways. And I think that, you know, I just ask that there's no, you know, 
hate or anything really. Like, let's just let this, let's just leave it alone, please. For the sake of me, for the sake of everyone, just leave it alone because we're going to talk about this today. Then I'm never telling this story. Like, we're not talking about this again. So let's just get into it. So this relationship that I'm referring to, it started nine months into my YouTube channel. So I started YouTube January, 2017. This relationship began in September of 2017. And we met through mutual friends. Um, We met through one of my best friends at the time. And I had not ever really been in a real relationship. You know, I had things and, you know, you talk to guys in high school and whatever, but this was like my real first boyfriend. And because of that, I was all in. When I met him, I was so all in. I don't know if I was all in for the right reasons. And honestly, that doesn't really even matter at this point. But I think that I did just like the idea of having a boyfriend. And then I met him and we clicked. And like, I just really, I I don't know. I was just, I was all in. And I did wait a while, but then I introduced him to the internet and to you guys. And, you know, there were pictures and collages and montages of us. And, you know, it was all very idyllic in the very beginning. And looking back, I think that I can say from a psychological standpoint that I was just comfortable and infatuated. I think that he was exactly my type. And I think that I felt really comfortable around him. He was my comfort zone. Like the type of person that he was, was similar to the type of people that I would usually go for. But over time, it was clear that we were very very different people. And not that there's anything necessarily wrong with that. I think that a lot of relationships work because people are so different. There's a reason that they say opposites attract. Like, you know, differences are okay, but the differences that we had, they carried on throughout our relationship and they began to snowball. And when I say our differences, I think sometimes the first thing people think is, you know, our religious views or political views or views on how we want to raise a family or where we want to live. It wasn't that. It was our views on family and friends and who we wanted to spend our time with. And when I say differences, I mean that he, I mean, let's just, we're just going to call it what it is. He was very threatened by the close relationship that I had with my family because he did not have that. And it was very apparent. He made it very clear. He thought I was micromanaged by my family. At the time, I was living with my family and he wanted me to move out and move away from them. He always, you know, he always just made these little side comments about how close I was with my family, how much time I spent with my family. And that was true. I did spend a lot of time with my family because I lived with them. So, I mean, I was going to see them. And when it came to my friends, he also tried to isolate me from them and would tell me that they weren't good people. None of my friends, just coincidentally enough, not one single one of my friends was a good person. Didn't matter if it was a guy or a girl. Um, He was very threatened by my friendships. And as you can imagine, this was a very, very big issue because I'm someone who values family and values friendships incredibly heavily. And to have someone who was trying to get in the way of that and not only get in the way of that, but try and break that up was very troubling, but I overlooked that. And I thought, you know, it's just because, you know, he doesn't have that and it's okay. But like, I always made excuses. Like, I just always was like, it'll get better. Like, you know, it, it's going to be fine. Like, this is not something that's something to worry about. Like, it's going to be fine. He thinks I'm micromanaged. It's fine. He wants me to move out. It's fine. He hates my friends. It's fine. It wasn't fine, but you know, I stayed. So there was that issue, but the long story short of all of this 
is that there was cheating. There was a lot of cheating. And I think that a lot of people figured that out because I think one of the first videos I posted after we broke up was like a stop thinking about him. He sucks playlist. And it was all about like, I think all of it was like cheating songs and things like that. So pretty much if you go back to that video, most of the comments are like, you know, you guessed it. You all did. Everyone guessed it. Well, I didn't hide it either. So, you know, I just didn't say it. Um, but I always found out about the cheating. I'm sure there were some that I didn't find out about, but I found out about enough. One is enough, but it wasn't just one. And it wasn't just, you know, physical cheating. I think cheating has a range. There is a wide range when it comes to cheating. And there was physical cheating, but there was also cheating by downloading dating apps and cheating by having, you know, hidden secret social media accounts and cheating, you know, by catfishing other people and cheating by having a hookup list on his phone with seven other people after me and below me. So there was a lot of cheating. Um, and again, that was just the ones that I found out about. So who knows what else was really going on. And, you know, every time I found out about it, every time, every single time, somehow it was my fault, you know, cause God forbid, you know, he cheats. Of course it's not his fault. Why would it be his fault? Of course it's going to be my fault. Um, and it was always because I had done something. It was never because, you know what, babe, like I just fucked up, which still wouldn't be okay. But it was never, you know, like, I am sorry. Like, I just fucked up. I screwed up. It was always, you know, well, you made me kind of mad. And so I went out to a bar or, you know, you said this one thing. So I decided to get revenge and do this in spite of you. Or you told me this. And what I, I always made him mad for whatever reason. Every time he would cheat, it was always because I made him mad. I did something that pissed him off to the point of no return. He would go hook up with someone else and like that was his revenge. And you would think, you really freaking would. You would think, Savannah, you left. You know, of course you left after the first one. Of course you left after the second time or the third or the fourth. No, I didn't. That's why we're here today talking about it, of course. Um, I didn't leave and I had major codependency issues. And this is something that I've worked on for a while and I don't have them anymore. But with him, I did. And I don't necessarily know why, but all I know is that there was a certain period of time that I couldn't imagine life without him. Not because I didn't want a life without him, but more so because we spent so much time together that my independence was completely shot. Like I wasn't going to school at the time. I was just doing YouTube. All of my friends were off at college. The only person that I had to hang out with was him or my family. And God forbid I hung out with my family. Um, you know, I, I was just always with him. And I remember there were a couple different times and a couple different points in all of this, because remember, this is all over the course of like two and a half years. I remember there were several different points where I realized that I was willing to be treated like trash, essentially, for him to be comfortable and for him to be happy and for him to still have the luxury of having me. And I remember telling myself, like, I am really deep in that, this point. And like, what's going to be the breaking point? And that's what my friends kept telling me. They're like, Savannah, what's it going to take? Like, literally, what is it going to take for you to be done with this? Because this is ridiculous. And at the time, I agreed with everything that they said. But something that I've learned about relationships, and this is kind of why I'm not the person that's going to tell you to break up with your boyfriend if you told me you got into a fight, is because this is a journey that everyone needs to go on. And if I 
broke up with him because someone else told me to, I would always be thinking in the back of my mind, well, like, what if? Probably not now. I probably would have gotten out of it and I would have been like, you know what? That was the best thing I ever did in my entire life. But, you know, you just want to make those decisions for yourself. And so that is why it was such a big deal for me to wait until I was ready, essentially, and to make that decision for myself. But I just remember thinking that his happiness and his comfortability was all at my expense. Because again, whenever I would approach him about the cheating, he would have a meltdown, complete meltdown. And he would tell me it was my fault. And in order to just like subdue everything and calm everything down and not have this confrontation and not have this fight, because he would get very angry and very explosive almost. Because of that, I was just like, you know what? It's fine. Whatever. Okay. Whatever. You're not going to do it again. Okay, fine. Whatever. You know, he says he's not going to do it again. A plot twist. He does. So that was the course of several years, like I said, and that's just what our relationship was. And yes, there were good times and we went on a lot of cool trips and we had a lot of cool experiences together. And there were a lot of good times in the midst of all of that, but that doesn't take away from all of the betrayal and the lies and the deceit and all of the horrible things that were happening throughout of it. Um, what really put the nail in the coffin was about six months prior to us breaking up, he told me that he wanted to move to LA. That was something that he really wanted. And I didn't, I did not want to move to LA. I had no desire to, I honestly, you know, it would have made sense like work-wise, everything else, but I just didn't want to go to LA. But more than that, I didn't want to go to LA with him. That was the biggest thing. I could go to LA and I could be very happy. I don't want to go to LA with him, but that to him was not an option. And when I told him that I, you know, was unsure and uncertain, and I didn't think that I wanted to go, he told me that if I didn't move with him to LA and move in together, that he, that we were done, you know, he was going to break up with me. And at the time I should have taken that ticket and walked out the door. But again, as someone who was so codependent at the time, I freaked out at any thought that he would just walk away. Looking back, he would have never walked away because he made a lot of stupid decisions, but he would not be stupid enough to walk away from me. And that's not saying that on a conceited level, it kind of sounds like it, but there was no way he was walking away from our relationship. I was always going to be the one that was going to have to break up with him. But at the time for someone who was so codependent, I was like, oh my God, he's going to break up with me. Okay, whatever. We'll move to LA. That was my mindset. And I remember sitting on my kitchen counter with my parents. And I remember just crying because I told them I don't want to go to LA. And they're like, then why, why would, why would you like, why would you go to LA? And I just started crying. And I was like, because he's going to break up with me if I don't. And obviously that is not something any parent wants to hear. So I got a very, you know, intense pep talk after that. But you know, I think that while this was all happening, I knew in my gut, this was not going to like, this just was not going to happen while everything was in the process. I knew it wasn't going to happen. So about two months prior to us breaking up, you know, we were going up to LA looking at all these apartments. We found a couple that were like, okay. And we applied for some and, you know, nothing was going through, nothing was working. And in the back of my mind, I was like, Svana, this is a freaking sign. I was like, this is a sign to end it. Like, this is a sign that this is not what's meant for you. And I always knew it in the bottom of my heart that this was not 
what was going to happen. I knew I wasn't going to move to LA, but I was just kind of going along with it until I could figure out how to stop it, if that makes sense. Which again, I should have just had the strength and the power to be like, Savannah, this is not serving me any longer. This relationship has run its course and I need to do what's best for me and walk away. I used to always tell my therapist, you know, I viewed our relationship as a piece of string and you know, over time with string, this is a very bizarre analogy. I don't know if it's going to make sense, but like I visualized it as this piece of string that over time just kept getting, you know, water on it and dirt and would thin out and thin out and thin out until ultimately it was like on its very last thread before it would split in two. And I was just watching it in my mind, like this piece of string just deteriorate with each issue, with each disagreement, with each insult, like it just kept happening. And I was like, one day this string is going to snap. And when it snaps, I'm going to be done. So at this point, the string had not snapped yet, but it was getting there. Now, ultimately, what again was kind of the nail, another nail, I would say, in the coffin was on our last trip up to LA, we spent the night somewhere in LA. And I remember there was a gut feeling that I had. He had fallen asleep. I remember there was this gut feeling, which I don't recommend and I don't condone. Okay. I don't do this now, but at the time I was like, Savannah, you like, you need to look like there was just, you know what? Some, I wouldn't even say that I did this. I would say that my brain, you know, whatever controller is going on in there, moved my foot, moved my feet, one foot in front of the other. And they did this for me. But I remember he fell asleep and I looked through the phone. But when I looked through the phone, I saw the second like secret Snapchat account. And it took me a while to figure out what it was because I remember I looked at all the people that he was Snapchatting and it was just like all of these girls that I never heard of. And it was going back for like weeks and weeks and months and whatever. And I was like, what the heck? I was like, I was like, who are all these people? And I was like, I know that he's Snapchatted me in this time frame and like his friends and whatever. So like, why is that not on here? And then I remember talking to my friend and it both hit us at the same time. And we were like, holy shit. And so when that happened, I, what's crazy is you would think, okay, Savannah, this is it. This is when you walk away. Um, no, I didn't at that point. At this point, I knew I was going to end it. I just didn't know when. And I used to always make up excuses. I remember sending a text to my friend and I was like, I know I need to do this. Like for me, for myself, for my sanity, for my well-being, I need to do this. But, you know, in a couple weeks, it's Christmas. You know, it's Christmas and no one wants to be single on Christmas. And then after Christmas, it's my birthday. And like, why would I do that before my birthday? And after that, it's, you know, Valentine's Day. So why would I do that? And, you know, March is like kind of okay. Like we could do March, but then March would go by and April, I was like Easter. Like we just, we have, we have plans and, you know, and then May is, you know, it's just summer. It's just, I would always, that's what I would do. And my friend told me, she was like, if you look for an excuse, you will always find one. And that's very true. Like regardless, take away, you know, the holiday calendar thing that I was going off on, but anything that you look for, if you are looking for a reason to stay, you will always find one, but it doesn't mean it's a good reason. Now, okay. So the day that this happened, the day that we broke up, basically what happened just to sum this, you know, story all up, what happened is we were supposed to go up to LA to look at apartments one last time. He was moving out of his apartment in three days is when his lease was up. I went over to his house. I was driving over there and then we were going to drive up to LA together. 
And when I got in my car and started driving over there, you know, I had my bags packed. Like I was ready to go for like a night or two. And, you know, I was not prepared to end the relationship. But when I got off the exit on the highway to his apartment, something just hit me. Like it just clicked. And I was like, I'm breaking up with him. Like I, this is just, it's ending. Like I'm like, I can't do this anymore. And I remember it all kind of worked out perfectly because instead of him waiting for me outside of his apartment, he was like, well, why don't you just come in while I, you know, finish up getting ready? And, you know, had he just come out to my car, I probably would have prolonged it. But I went into his apartment and I told him, you know, I'm not moving. And you can imagine the shock and the anger and the frustration and all the emotions that came with it. I said, I'm not moving. Um, I'm not going to LA and we're not going to LA today or you can, but I'm not. And I'm not doing this anymore. I was like, you have a separate Snapchat account. And this is like the millionth and one time that you've done this. And as much as I love you, I love myself more. And I need to do what's best for myself at this point. And, you know, again, he was not happy, obviously. It was three days before he was supposed to move out. And, you know, he told me, when in regards to the Snapchat that he he's sure that I had things on my phone that he wouldn't want me to see, which is just like, I don't know what kind of, you know, justification that is, but that's what he said. And yeah, that was the day that we broke up. We talked for like two hours and then I left, I went home and, you know, we saw each other for the next three days after that. It was basically him trying to be a boyfriend again It was him surprising me at my house with ice cream and him bringing me lunch and him doing all of the things that he should have done while we were dating, but he waited until it was too late. And I think that that really bothered me. Well, I know that that bothered me because I'm me and I went through it. And so, yeah, it really bothered me. It really bothered me that he waited until after we broke up to finally start acting like a boyfriend. And when he left, he sent me this like, you know, really long letter that was very sweet and, you know very nice, but it didn't focus on the reason for the breakup. It more so focused on his love for me, which again is nice. But when you put it in the context of everything else that happened, it's just feels like a lie. And just honestly, like I was very checked out of that relationship long before it ended. I just sat here for the past 20 minutes explaining to you a timeline of every time I knew I should have walked out and didn't. Um, So because of that, I was very checked out for probably three months prior to us breaking up, probably more honestly, but like, like finally checked out, like legitimately like chapter closed, like I'm done about three months, you know, it was COVID. And so he went back home for a while and we just didn't see each other for like a month and a half, two months. And I didn't miss him. Like I didn't. And that's harsh. And, you know, I know that doesn't sound nice or pleasant or whatever, but I think that that gave me the solidification I needed to know that like, this just isn't, this isn't it for me. And honestly, I read somewhere, I forget where I read this, but I heard that that is something that's very common with women versus men. Like women mentally check out of a relationship long before the relationship actually ends, which I don't know about every case, but I know in my case was very true. And that doesn't mean that it didn't suck. And that it didn't hurt because it did. And I think the hardest part was hurting him. 
And that's what I was always so afraid of. I never wanted to hurt him. That was the worst. And so now when I think about, you know, when to walk away and when that question gets asked, I think a couple things. I think the first, I think the first telltale sign of knowing when to walk away is when the bad outweighs the good. I think if you are having more problems in your relationship than you are, you know, good times, then that's something to take a closer look at and reconsider. And granted, you know, every relationship goes through its ups and downs and yada, yada, yada. But again, it's when the bad outweighs the good. So you're having more bad times than you are good. You're having more rough patches than you are just actually being able to enjoy the relationship. I think that when the idea of being with someone is more painful than the idea of being alone, that's also a very telltale sign. And it takes a while to get to that point. It takes a while to finally say, you know what, staying hurts more than walking away. Because staying, when you're when you're in that deep, when you're already that far into a relationship, staying is always the easier option. It's always the more comfortable option. I shouldn't say always because I think there are some exceptions, but a lot of the times staying is the easier option. At least that's how I felt in my situation. I felt like staying with him was easier because I didn't have to, you know, break up with him. I didn't have to hurt him. I didn't have to, you know, create this whole big scene and like whatever. And I didn't have to deal with it. That was a big thing. Like I didn't want to hurt him and I didn't want to deal with it. I didn't want to deal with hurting him. That was really it. But at the end of the day, I finally reached the point where I was like, this hurts me more to stay. But I finally reached the point where I cared more about my feelings than I did his. And that was a very, again, telltale sign for me. And I think something else that is really, really true in this conversation is that you're never going to be ready until you're ready. And like I said in the beginning, you know, you'll have friends that'll be like, just walk away. Just, just get up, just break up, just walk away. And it's just never going to work. It just won't work. It's, you're never going to be ready until you're ready. And until you make that decision that this is the right decision for you. And that is okay. I think a lot of times we get shamed for like, why did you stay? And why did you like continue to go through all of these, you know, situations and why did you put yourself in through this again and it's like you're gonna do it on your own timeline and you have to do it on your own timeline honestly like you have to do it when it's right for you and that is okay and honestly the majority of what we're talking about today and when to walk away all comes down to having a strong sense of self-worth and having a strong sense of value in yourself and knowing what you deserve and had I had the self-worth that I have now back then it would have been done the very first time like no question no doubt would have walked away like there's just no question in my mind but because I didn't I struggled with accepting the fact that I was going to be okay no matter what but it comes down to valuing yourself higher than you value them like take them off the freaking pedestal like they don't deserve to be there like take them off the pedestal put yourself back on it and if it's worth hurting another person to get your life back I think it's worth it and once you walk away from the situation you're going to feel so powerful because you're going to realize that because you got through that you really can get through anything. And again, it's not that deep. I know like we're all, we're just talking about like breakups and whatever, but I think that it's really important to understand that these are hard things to get through, but you are strong and you can get through them and you can do hard things and you need to value yourself enough that doing the hard thing is more important than staying comfortable. 
So moral of the story, when the bad outweighs the good, whatever that looks like for you, you know, my story isn't going to always look like yours. You know, you might not have to deal with the cheating. You might not have to deal with the lying or, you know, the family issue or the friend issue or whatever. It could look different for you. It could literally just be that you're not happy and you feel complacent and you feel like nothing's wrong, but everything's wrong. You know, you know that feeling when like you're with someone and you're like, nothing's wrong, but like nothing's right and everything is wrong. And you don't know how to describe it. Again, you don't always need a reason, but you need to value your happiness and you need to put that at the forefront of this situation. These relationships are really the one time where you can be selfish in your life. You get to pick and choose who you want to spend your time with, who you want to, you know, have in your life. And it's a blessing and a curse because sometimes, you know, we don't always pick the best people, but you get to choose when you kick them out. So you get to be the author of this story of yours and you get to decide when you walk away. So that you guys is the episode today. I'm really interested to see what you guys have to say about this one. It'll be very interesting. As always, just, you know, don't spread any hate, please. Um, No one needs that. No one deserves that. We were so young and everyone makes mistakes and I hold no grudges. This isn't something that, you know, keeps me up at night. I'm very happy. He's moved on. He's very happy. And I wish nothing but the best for him. You know, we just weren't right for each other and that's okay. So, you know, that's it on that. I love you. I'll see you next week. Okay. I'm going to go have a glass of wine. All right. That's what I'm going to do. I love you so much. I'll see you next week. Bye guys. Bye.